we do not understand you, Doctor. You, who have accepted our honors gladly, how can you condemn this great artistic and scientific civilization because of a few wretched barbarians? So your rewards are only for the people that agree with you? No, no, of course not. But if you are going to oppose us... Oppose you? Indeed, I am going to oppose you. Just in the same way that I oppose the Daleks or any other menace to common humanity. Thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And this week, we will be watching The Savages. The Savages was written by Ian Stewart Black, directed by Christopher Berry, and produced by Ines Lloyd. And it aired May 28th, 1966 to June 18th, 1966. Not gonna lie, this title kind of... uh, (laughs) It does not bode well. Yeah, it does not inspire confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Not not at all. Uh, The only time I can remember the term savage ever being uttered in this show was in reference to Native Americans. So... (laughs) Yeah, um, uh, yeah, any, anytime the word, anytime the word savage is used to describe anyone, I, I just like become a, like a threatened cat. Like my brain just kind of like, yeah, gets on its haunches and just goes, (laughs) and and I, I actually think that's literally the response that. Mac and I had when at the so at the end of every episode it always has like next time on Doctor Who and then it shows the episode title. Uh, it showed Do- Doctor Who and the Savages and it just felt me and Mac go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you, Ooh. me, and Libby all went. Ooh, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> yikes, <laughs> Um Yeah, so we have that to look forward to, uh, and it's going to be another one that. Uh, we get to record in person because I visited you last weekend and you're visiting me this weekend. Yes. I still haven't edited the last one yet, so I don't know if having it all on one track is going to make it easier to edit or harder to edit, but uh, we shall see. Well, timeline-wise, you don't have to worry about that until like the end of June, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm I'm literally, like, you texted me, hey, we can do it right now if you want. I was literally in the middle of editing the massacre. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Caleb, given your experience with Doctor Who and given the absolute banger of a title, The Savages, uh, what do you think this episode's going to be about? Don't hold back now. Uh, oh God, I really, this is the first time I've ever been like, I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say what I think it is. I'm gonna make something up that I know is 100% wrong. This is obviously an episode where they go to a really advanced society, 
And the whole time, the doctor's trying to be a smarmy asshole. And they're like, oh, do you think you sound smart right now, you savage? And so, like, the TARDIS crew is the uh, the eponymous the savages. savages. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's how, I, that's how I'm going to say it, because I'm not even going to dare to utter anything else that this episode might be about. I only know of a couple of things that happened in this episode and, like, the vaguest sense of what it's about. So I think you're actually not too far off. <laughs> oh, honest. okay. All right. Not from, what, from what I remember, which is not a lot. <laughs> Uh, not that I think that this is coming up soon, but whenever we do get to the episodes where it's like recapping the doctors when they leave, mm-hmm. we should go through and like see how accurate I was in my predictions. You know what? We should. That's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's actually that actually sounds like a really fun idea. We should definitely or do Or how inaccurate I was in most cases. Yeah. I'm still going to contest that probably the most accurate I've been has been the first Dalek episode. The one you said it was just basically Wally. It was basically just Wally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with that, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. back may have just been a couple seconds for you but it was two days for us which like other than the couple of the times where we've had two episode stories and we did like a breakfast kind of thing where we just come back in an hour i feel like this is the quickest turnaround yeah i i think so because <laughs> you were visiting me we're in the same place oh my gosh and you just listened to it on the plane right here so made it a lot easier Yes, it's very relaxing. So relaxing. I, I in no way missed anything. <laughs> you definitely didn't fall asleep while listening to it. Absolutely not. Uh, well, I only have the one post-view note, uh, which is this is the final appearance of Peter Purvis as Stephen Taylor. Let's see how they build up to that, shall we? <laughs> so, Caleb, general thoughts. What did you think of The Savages? It is... Like most of the audio dramas, just kind of like neutral. I I really have no other opinion about it. Otherwise, that might that might have been because I ha- have goldfish brain. Might have been because I had to remind myself of what I slept through. Might have been the fact that I just was totally uh, blindsided by Stephen leaving. But not the worst. But not the best either. Like so many episodes before it, I feel like the Savages has. A lot of good ideas, whether they actually execute on any of them, is up for debate. But I suppose we'll just uh, jump right in, shall we? Yeah, I guess let's dig into it. Yeah. Uh, and as Mac told me off microphone the last time, I guess we're doing away with episode titles? Yep. So there's just the story title in episode one now. So... Episode 1. The Doctor is sure that the crew has landed in the future and goes out to explore. When it takes too long to come back, Stephen goes out to look for him. While he is gone, Dodo notices a strange caveman with an axe approaching the TARDIS. When Stephen returns and the caveman retreats, the two determine that the Doctor is wrong and they are actually in the far past. 
Two of the cavemen, Chow and Tor, discuss killing the doctor, but when they try to do so, two soldiers appear and save him. Captain Edel says that they have been expecting the doctor for many years and escort him back to the, their city. Dodo and Steven are under attack from more of the savages, but the other soldier, Exorus, appears and saves them before escorting them back to the city. There, the three meet Jano, the leader of these advanced people. They give the doctor the title of Elder and bestow gifts on Dodo and Steven. While being given a tour of the city, they learn that these people maintain society through a mysterious energy transfer process. They meet a scientist named Senta, who is draining a savage as they enter. Dodo wanders off on her own, only to find the weakened savage reaching out toward her. So, before we get into it, feel like we should just come up with an alternate name for the savages. Yeah. Because uh, the show doesn't offer one. N- not at all, and it's a, it's a cringe word. I wrote it in the description because I'm not creative enough to come up with anything else. I think at some point in my note, I just refer to them as the subjects, because that's kind of what they are. They're just, like, lab subjects. Yeah. And uh, I really, I know we talked about this in the intro, but I'm just, like, super uncomfortable anytime anyone is described as a savage. Like, even the good guys who are defending them call them... The savages. <laughs> it's a very racially loaded word. Yeah, speaking of racially loaded, uh, they originally had the idea of everyone in the, quote, advanced civilization being in blackface. Uh, but they decided against it. The bed, cooler heads prevailed. They decided against it. <clears throat> uh, with the exception of the leader, Jano is the only one who remained in blackface. And I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cooler Heads prevailed, but there was one producer who was like, no, someone's gotta be in blackface. Uh, at the very beginning, they meet up with the guards who say that they've been tracking their uh, ship for a while. And to be specific, they say, and I quote, they've been tracking your ship for many light years. And as a wise kid in the Pewter City gym once told me, Light years are a distance of space, not a measurement of time. <laughs> Good Pokemon reference, by the yeah, way. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> this is something I'm just now thinking of. I think the real issue I have with this episode, so it's why don't they name the savages? Why, what are the advanced people's names? This episode is like razor thin on the world building. You have, like, basically no context for anything other than these people are vaguely advanced. They can see time, I guess. And they get energy by fucking draining it out of these, these other people. other group of people. And that's it. That, that For a show that has spent, like, frankly, like, obscene amounts of time on other world-building aspects and other episodes, this episode's weird. Yeah, I was kind of hoping a sort of, like, a sort of explanation as to how they got to this state like a sort of the rich and powerful chose these specific people to have their energy drained so that they just wouldn't be able to rise up against them and the rich and powerful would be able to basically be immortal this is a a note that i have for the very beginning when they're in the city it's very uncomfortably like what's the word i'm looking for uncomfortably utopian like mm-hmm. inside the city, we have everything we could ever need. We have we have beautiful scenery, and we're well taken care of. 
don't ask questions, don't leave the city, but, you know, other than that, perfect utopia. And I was just like, mm, don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, got almost like a, like the giver vibes. Yeah, exactly. Is it just me or was the doctor acting like super odd in this episode? This episode specifically? Well, well this episode, the this, this, this story in general, he seemed a lot friendlier to strangers, uh, much quicker to trust. Like, he gets confronted by the guards, and, like, almost immediately, he's like, Oh, no, yeah, I'm traveling with these two other people. I'm sure you'll abs- you'll get along with them. Like, it just feels like he's more open and friendly to these complete strangers than he normally would be. Yeah, than he normally would be. I can see that. I mean, there's kind of been a trend of late in the episodes where the Doctor's a bit friendlier overall. Mm-hmm. But I definitely agree that like, he's a bit too trusting. I think you could attribute it to, like, maybe his own arrogance. It's the thing of, like, I know where I'm at. I know I'm in the far future. Because at least, like, when they go into the city and, like, they, they declare him an elder. And, like, they're basically doing, like, you're so incredible. Lead us, Doctor. I definitely see him being like, yes, I am incredible, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. I have a couple notes. This giant flashing light that says it's a trap. This is giving me big second episode of Marinus vibes. I don't think I've seen Marinus. The Keys of Marinus. Oh, the Keys of Marinus, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Where, like, oh, look at this. Look at this perfect uh, laboratory. And he's picking up a dirty mug. Yep, just don't go in that door, whatever you do. (laughs) Yeah. Next note is red flags. Red flags for sale. Can't warn people for making huge mistakes without big red flags. And then Dodo and Steven are getting the guided tour of the city. And Dodo is like, hey, I just saw some of the guards dragging off a paralyzed person from the outside. And uh, they seemed incredibly uncomfortable. And uh, he was just being dragged against their will. And then Steven is like, I'm sure you were just imagining something. <laughs> I'm like, why does this keep happening? Of like, ah, you you didn't see that. That's, that's ridiculous. Why would you assume that? Dodo, those were just your feminine wiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you go through all of time and space, have literally infinite possibilities of what could be in front of you, and you're like, nah. No, I no, no way. That's not going to happen. Look, these people have been smiling the entire time we've been around them. How could they possibly be malicious? No, I totally agree. It, happen- it happens every episode. Yeah, it's a trend. It's a trend of just anyone being like, something's weird, and someone in the episode is like weirdly trusting of everything That's going like, nah, on. Nah, it's fine. Why do you think of that? It's usually the doctor being dismissive until he gets the idea, which is like basically exactly what happens in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, that is that is definitely. I think we've established before where the doctor is just like, no, 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 that's a terrible idea. Unless I have it, I have an idea. <laughs> there's a there's a certain point where it cuts away from the heroes, and then it cuts to the inside of the lab where the scientists are straight up talking about hey, let's drain the life force from this subject and turn him, turn him basically into a zombie and we're totally good guys, not at all evil. Uh, ignore the fact that I'm twisting my mustache right now. And then it cuts back and Dodo wanders off and she's confronted by one of the, one of the subjects. And I'm like, that, that was the ending stinger? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think... I think it would have been better if they cut out the part in the lab. Yeah. Because then 
you don't know for certain what's happening, and Dodo is just like, ha, accosted by this. I feel like that would have been... Yeah, that, that would make the singer a bit, like, more like, ooh, what's gonna happen? Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, like, this episode... Oh, sorry, I bumped the table. This episode is a bit more kind of... It feels like Galaxy 4, where it's, like, very on the nose about who's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is very Galaxy 4-ish. Where, like, why, yes, we're the good people. Ignore all the horrible things we're doing. Yeah. We're the good people because our city is shiny. They live in dirt. That means they're bad. And then it turns out, it's the opposite. Oh my god. I guess we shouldn't have come to such conclusions. And, uh, yeah. That's... Yeah, I really don't have anything else for this episode. Yep. Alright, episode two. The savage is just trying to stumble past her, and Dodo helps the man escape out the door. Santina, while in his lab, drains the life out of a young girl named Nanina and shortly after captures Dodo as she wanders around. Once the scientists realize she's a traveler, though, she is released. They also release Nanina from the machine just before it kills her. The guards decide to take Steven and Dodo to the elders to determine a punishment for Dodo wandering off. When they reunite with the doctor, he dismisses Dodo's concerns about the vaporization process. However, when they're alone, he admits he doesn't trust the leaders, and he realizes the elders are using the savages as a power source. The group stops to help a weakened savage, but the doctor is captured by Edel and returns to the city while they are gone. When Steven returns and helps the man, more savages appear and try to attack him. Wilda, the injured man, insists, the, insists that Steven and Dodo were trying to help him. The doctor argues with Jano, and the man doesn't take too kindly to it. He sends the doctor to Santa, to Santa so that he can be disposed of in the vaporization chamber. So at the very beginning, Nanina is being strapped down and the process is beginning on her the actress who plays nanina is giving it her all and her cries and sounds of uh discomfort and objection are very realistic (laughs) and very unsettling yeah i was just i was just like listening to it i was like uh, I don't like this. Yeah, because I, I was listening to that part as I was, like, selling it into the plane. So, like, I'm hearing the, please put on your seatbelt. The oxygen mask comes down. Attach it before, attach yours before helping others. And meanwhile, I'm just hearing girls, like, scream in the background. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is fine. This is su- this is really setting the tone for this flight, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. So Dodo wandered off. Steven is being led around. And one of his guides asks if Dodo had uh, would wander into the area that was he was told she was told not to go. And Steven says, "Not even Dodo would be as stupid as that." And I'm like, <laughs> that seems needlessly mean. <laughs> These people don't know who Dodo is. You don't have to be a dick about it. There's another line a little bit later where Steven says, "If there's a place that she's not supposed to go, she'd be first in line." And I'm like, "Would she?" Have we seen that when regards to Dodo? Because it doesn't really sound like something Dodo would do. Dodo is very much the, I'll go with the flow and I'll do what everyone else is doing. Because I can't really think of a time in which she like has wandered off and messed with stuff that she wasn't supposed to. The, unless we're counting the time that she was kidnapped by Doc Holliday. But like other than that, she's just kind of, okay. Well, the, the only time I can think of to make Steven specifically think that is on the arc, the first episode she's really on, and she just immediately wanders off, and he's like, spends the first 10 minutes of the episode with Heron Jr. like, Dodo, come back. Dodo, don't go over there. 
I guess. But that's the closest, but she's never really gotten herself into trouble doing that. She yeah. just doesn't listen to authority. Yeah. Dodo's very fight the machine, and I like that about her. <laughs> wow, well, she's not really fight the machine. She's more like machine. What machine? What machine? There's oh, machine. what's that? <laughs> Squirrel! I understand why he wouldn't want Dodo to talk about when Dodo eventually joins back up with them. I understand why he wouldn't want Dodo to talk about what she saw. When it seems like Dodo is still missing, the doctor is very dismissive of Dodo's disappearance. Like Stephen just comes in running. It's like, Doctor, Dodo's Dodo's gone. He's She's completely disappeared. And he's like, oh, I'm sure she's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm sure she's, she, she's, she's a tough girl. She'll be able to handle herself. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's perfectly fine. Doctor, she can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Why do you think, <laughs> why do you think she'll be fine? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's, the doctor's on trend because like, he's usually very dismissive like of people. And like, unless it directly threatens him. I don't know. I feel like there's been multiple times throughout the series where someone's gone and the doctor's like, ah, oh, they're probably fine. Yeah. The only time he hasn't really ever been like that was with Susan. <laughs> Yeah, one point uh, their guides say, this is a free state, you know, which is why we're in constant fear by the totalitarian rule and we're not allowed to go outside or ask questions. But other than that, like it's a totally free state. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Just don't go over there and don't talk to that guy. <laughs> and what are you doing not smiling? I haven't seen you smile in the past minute. That doesn't seem very patriotic of you. Then the doctor discovers what is going on here. And he's he's clearly very much against it and is very much against the killing of innocent people. And I was like, Caleb's going to call this out. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. I destroyed Rome once. I mean, I mean, I didn't destroy Rome. Nero destroyed Rome. I just might have given him the idea, but I mean, like he was going to do it anyway. <laughs> I would say that the the doctor now is starting to be like an all or nothing kind of person. He's like, why kill one person? It, you either just need to like find a pacifist solution or genocide. There is no in between. <laughs> and then the doctor gets dragged into the laboratory and basically saying, hey, we're going to strap you down and extract everything that makes you you. And the doctor responds with, I think you've forgotten one thing, gentlemen. My feelings on the matter. Doctor, I don't think they care. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I heard that and I was like, your opinion is irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, we'll jot it down in this notepad if you really want us to, but I'm just going to toss it, so. <laughs> I know. Uh, like, wait, because uh, I remember hearing him thinking, I was like, does the doctor still think he's in charge? Yeah. Part of me thinks that maybe he thought that like he was going to receive some life force and he was like why would i ever why would i ever do that that's barbaric i don't think it ever occurred to him that his life force was going to be taken that's the only way i can see him saying that because but like no part of this implies that oh yeah we're going to help you out by giving you some other life force that we have no yeah no we're strapping you down to a chair against your will for a reason because we don't want you to struggle. <laughs> That's kind of all. Yeah, I, I really don't have anything else on this episode. We're probably just like, this is, probably, this is a pretty good clip, aren't we? Probably, especially since the next episode is the one that I have the least number of notes on. Yeah, I I also have it. My, my description so far have been five to seven paragraphs. This one is three. So, yeah. <laughs> Episode three. After draining a ton of energy from the doctor, Jana wants Steven and Dodo brought to them as well. He also wants to absorb the doctor's energy for science, bro. Steven, Dodo, and their new companions hide in a cave system to evade the Elder Guards. Exor's 
pursues them deeper into the caves, and Steven eventually turns his light gun against him. The savages hail Steven as a god. When Jano completes the intra-transference process, he acts a bit like the doctor and even slips into thinking he is the doctor. Steven and Dodo sneak back into the city and find the doctor, but there's something wrong. It's a trap set by Ido to capture the two. I appreciate the fact that Steven is encouraging the subjects to just storm the city and kick the elder's ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, violent revolution, right? I know, I appreciate Steven and Dodo's vibes. He's just like, as my friend Vicky used to say, FEMA THE REVOLUTION! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Steven gets it. The solution is violence. And then my second note is, uh-oh, I'm halfway through the episode and I don't have any more notes. <laughs> but then the, uh, Exorces uh, taken captive by the subjects, and several of the subjects are understandably pissed and are like, hey, let's brain this guy. Let's just fucking beat the shit out of him. But then. Uh, Again, vibes. <laughs> but then uh, Nanina is like, no, we can't do that, and is like helping him recover. I'm like, Nanina, I think you're wrong. <laughs> 100% agree. I don't think compassion is the, is the way forward here. And that proves to be 100% correct when he eventually escapes and tells the elders yeah. all about the <laughs> subject's plan. Them. Yeah. <laughs> then Jano receives the doctor's essence. And is personality transference common? Because it doesn't Sound. seem to be. And I don't know why he's acting like the doctor. Well, they say something kind of like in the beginning. I, I didn't really like wrap my head around it at first but after reading the tortoise wiki again right it's, it kind of seems like a my god it's over nine thousand kind of moment where like the doctor just has like super insane amounts of energy or whatever and that's why jano wants it he's like i want to try it i want to see what it does to me yeah when jano is explaining the process to the doctor he's like it can make the beautiful more beautiful it can make the the intelligent more intelligent it can make the wise more wise so he is trying to take on the doctor's intelligence and it just seems odd that then he starts talking like the doctor and thinking like the doctor and thinking he is the doctor yeah i, I thought it was weird. It, it's kind of cool in the sense of like at this point like what the doctor is is still very ambiguous yeah so i think it kind of further adds that ambiguity of like you know like whatever he is he is not normal or he's not like other beings yeah so that's cool, but it doesn't really explain why Xano starts acting like him. Yeah, like, it feels like they've got this process down to a science. I don't know why they would overdose Jano on the doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, that's an example of, like, the world's just, like, this episode's, like, frankly, flimsy world building. Yeah. It doesn't explain anything. It doesn't explain anything. Like, it has a lot of really cool ideas. It just doesn't doesn't explain anything. Mm-hmm. I need more. <laughs> that's kind of it. That's all I got for this episode. Yeah, that's all I've got. I I took issue with the way this episode ends. We'll talk about it in a second. But after after kind of like reflecting and realizing like this, I fell asleep through a good chunk of this episode. Reading the summary and like thinking back on like what I do remember hearing of it, the end of this episode makes a bit more sense. The end of the, I still, the, end of the story or the end of this episode? The end of the story, sorry. Okay. Uh, the end of the story makes a bit more sense, but I'm still not overly thrilled about it. But yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. In episode four, in the chaos, Steven is separated from the group as Dodo and the Doctor escape. As it turns out, Jano helped everyone, 
Separately, the group makes their way back to the caves while Jano and Ido pursue. The doctor recovers by taking the same pills given to Wilda, and he stops the violence just as Steven and Ido begin the fight. As part of the transference, Jano has realized the wrong of his people's ways, and wants to help the doctor and his friends undo their wrongs. Ido takes command of the city, and the doctor and his friends, along with the savages, march on it. After a brief conflict, everyone destroys the vaporization machines, and the elders commit to building a new society that equally includes the two groups. However, they need a leader, and nominate Steven to do it. The doctor is weirdly enthusiastic about this idea, and insists Steven stays. After their goodbyes, Dodo and Steven depart on the TARDIS. Well, Dodo and the doctor. Did I say Toto and Steven? Yeah, oh, whoops. I typed Steven. wrong. Toto and... Toto. Dodo <laughs> and the Doctor escape on the TARDIS. Uh, one point near the beginning, the Doctor is talking about how he's going to help the subjects. And the subjects are like, yes, let's let's kill the elders. And he's like, no, no. We don't need to do any bloodshed. We just need to destroy the source of this. And so the plan is to destroy the laboratory. Because... I guess they only have the one, and also, they didn't keep the plans when they originally built it, so I guess they can't remake it later. It just feels like we're dealing with a symptom rather than the source. Yeah, it yeah, it was flimsy logic, uh, but it, again, I'm, I feel like the doctor has to do like circular crazy logic to maintain his like weirdly pacifist unless he's going all out mentality (laughs) (laughs) and then uh jano comes to the subjects and it's shown that he uh, has adopted the doctor's mentality and the doctor says he now has my sense of right and wrong and this sub note of oh god we're screwed (laughs) there's two of them (laughs) yeah Jano is really confusing in this episode because, like, I I feel like what they're trying to go for is like you know he's like conflicted or he's going back and forth because well he starts the episode and it turns out that like, he helps Stephen and the Doctor and Dodo escape mm-hmm. by doing something at a security console or whatever yeah. and then he joins up with Edel. I didn't know if Edel took him along or if Zano was just like oh yeah now we gotta chase these guys. I think Jano went along with uh, Edel. In the hunting party, specifically, so that he'll be able to interfere. Oh, that adds up, I guess. Because at this point, they... Like, Edel is a little bit giving him some side-eye. But other than that, Jano is still their leader. Oh, in charge. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, again, I ran into the issue of, like... It's hard in these audio dramas. I really have a hard time distinguishing people's voices. Yeah. What's the name of the guy that they... They captured and then he escaped. Uh, Exorce. Was it? Exorce? Exorce? Yeah. He escapes and then uh, Nanina chases after him and she like asks him to not sell them out and says that they're just as human as, as the elders are. And I kind of half expected her to just break out with, you think I'm an ignorant savage? <laughs> <laughs> just like bust out into the just colors of the wind. Did not happen, but I was expecting it to happen in a second there. And then the Doctor and Jano, who both share an intellect and perspective, put their heads together and come up with a brilliant strategy of how to uh, defeat the Elders and undo uh, all they've done. This super complex strategy that both that two genius-level intellects worked together to come up with was... 
take a the hammer and just smash <laughs> smash some shit. And I smashed it with my hammer. <laughs> and then I make the note of Doctor Who invents, invents rage rooms. <laughs> because everybody's just smashing things with the hammer. And then at some point, like, the doctor turns to Dodo and it's like, this is really fun, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and it, it goes on for a while. I mean, it's probably like four or five solid minutes of breaking stuff it's, noises. It, it is a while. And then they're like, we need a leader. We need someone who can unite the two peoples. And carry us into an age of peace. And it's like, they ask the doctor to try. And he says that it's completely out of the question. For reasons. Don't ask. It's, it, I can't do it at all. I can't. It sounds like too much work. However, I do keep one or two scapegoats around with me at all times. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, one, one of the subjects basically goes, We want that one. And points to Steven. And, doc- and he's like, what? No. And the doctor's like, well, my boy, this is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Which really makes me think that the Stephen has been trying, or that the doctor has been trying to ditch Stephen the whole time. Well, Stephen does nothing but call him out on his shit, so I think he's sick of it. <laughs> I have very mixed feelings about Stephen's departure, because he eventually does come around to the idea of staying and helping these people. I think it is in character of, like, I am at a place where I can stop any sort of bloodshed from happening and actually helping people which i feel like is very in character for steven of he because he's charismatic he's strong he'd be able to be a good leader and he'd be able to help these people it just happens in the last three minutes of the episode mm-hmm. and like i said like it it plants the seed a tiny 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 bit not enough because the the subject leader even kind of defers to steven at several points mm-hmm Oh, and the fact that, like, they kind of, like, view him as a god for kicking an ex-horse's ass. And mm-hmm. It's definitely a better plan than Vicky's. Yeah. Um, this one's this one's in character. Mm-hmm. So, it just, it, it's still, I, I really, I really don't like the characters being yeeted off the way they are. Especially since I'm not even watching it. I'm just hearing characters I like being thrown out of the show. Yeah, if it helps, here's one of the uh, trivia facts, William Hartnell was pissed. William Hartnell was pissed that Peter Purvis's departure just happened. It was just a matter of them not renewing his contract as opposed to, you're fired. It was just a, nah, we don't want you around anymore. And William Hartnell was pissed because the two of them had gotten, like, really close. Like, they would get drinks after rehearsal kind of thing. Yeah. So he was kind of mad that he that Peter was kicked off the show. I would be too. Especially, I don't know. Steven... Steven does so much of what I think they eventually try to make Ian do. Mm-hmm. Except he feels no more natural. Yes. And, and, and I, he brought a lot of, like, great contrast to the show. Like, like he said, because like, he, he just calls the doctor out on everything the whole time. Yeah. So, I, I think Steven is going to be very missed. So <laughs> I agree. Uh, I've been, I'm not sure if at any point we're even going to, like, really talk about this, but I have, I've been ranking the companions as they've been leaving, and Steven's my second. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you made this comment offhanded before, but you said that your favorite companion group was Vicky and Steven. Yes. Uh, and while I don't like a lot of their episodes, I pretty much agree that the dynamic of Steven and Vicky, I think, has been the peak of the show for me. Yeah. Because the only episode that they really shared was the Time Meddler, Galaxy 4, and uh, Myth Makers. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so the Time Meddler is the only time we've actually been able to see my favorite 
my favorite team mm-hmm. in this era. But the, the the dynamic there was so perfect, I felt. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a shame that it didn't work out the way it should have. Yeah. Let's see. Further trivia. Frederick Yeager, the guy who plays Jano, was uh, coached by William Hartnell to do his best first Doctor impression. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the few Doctor Who episodes to feature no on-screen deaths of characters in the sporting cast. No one actually dies. In oh, that's true. No one does. They get kind of weak. They kind of get weak need, but... Uh, Steven is one of the few, parentheses, only companions who was both picked up on and dropped off at a planet that was not his own. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, because I, I was going to be like, well, what about Vicky? No, Vicky is from Earth. It's just the wrong fucking period. Yeah. Those <laughs> <laughs> we will go into Goodbye, My Dear. Yeah, Stephen Taylor. So. Stephen Taylor. I have just one question. I think it's. I think it's very important. Um, where the fuck is Hi-Fi? Where's the bear? Where's the bear? <laughs> he was in the Time Meddler, and then he never showed up again. I know. And I demand more Hi-Fi. <laughs> I need more answers. Oh, please tell me there's graphic novels and like whole side books that have Hi-Fi. There is. I will read them. There is. I, <laughs> I looked, will read I looked them. it up. <laughs> Hi-Fi goes on like these crazy adventures. <laughs> I think at some point he's even like given life by this <laughs> yes uh, this this like elder god being <laughs> okay yeah i'm gonna we won't do it on the podcast but i'm gonna read the high five <laughs> um we kind of touched on it a little bit but um i obviously like steven a lot i enjoyed that from the very moment he came on the tardis literally his first couple lines after uh being on the tardis was like this isn't a time machine you're full of shit Every single moment, he has just called the doctor out. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I felt was desperately needed. Yeah, desperately needed. He was very charismatic and handsome, obviously. We didn't get to see much of that. We didn't get to see much handsome. of that, but he is very handsome. And I appreciated how he was not always eager to, but willing to throw down with enemies. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he resorted to violence every time, but... But he knew when it was time to beat the shit out of someone. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts on Stephen Taylor? Uh, yeah, no, Stephen is one of my favorite companions so far. I think you and I probably feel the same about companions ranking, more or less. Yeah, um, we haven't really deferred. Yeah, I think Vicky overall is still my favorite, but yeah. Stephen is, is a close second. So yeah. um, I really enjoyed having Stephen on. I wish he had better episodes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shit. Um, like I really wish he was in The Chase. More than just like the yeah, last more than episode. just like the very end. I really do feel like the character is just what they were trying to do with Ian, mm-hmm. but then instead of just like making Ian work, they were like, "Here's a new guy. Here's Ian 2.0. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think Stephen's great. Not enough high fi but yeah, I think Stephen will be sorely missed. I I don't know how much longer the Hartnell era is gonna last, but I don't think they're gonna be able to replace him in a so easily the way they replaced Ian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, favorite Stephen moment. Favorite Stephen moment. Uh, it's tough. You go first. Okay, let good. me think. Because other than just the overall several times that he called the doctor out, I really liked in the arc when he was trying so hard to help the humans escape because he had just gotten off Dalek Master Plan and the massacre, and uh, he's just like, "No, we're not doing this a third time." <laughs> yeah. 
second runner-up is um, the ending of the massacre when he was when he left the TARDIS. Which, much like when I feel like Vicky should have left during the Space Museum, I feel like that would have been a stronger moment of Stephen leaving. Yeah, I I feel like that was on a higher note. And that, that if you want to talk about like an ending that is in character, one hundred percent in character mm-hmm. for Stephen. Yeah, uh, abrupt maybe, but damn it, if not in line with like his but, beliefs and yeah. yeah. Uh, his beliefs and frankly like his struggles of the past couple stories yeah i do think i do think in like retrospect this is a positive story for him to end on because like you know he's been through all this violence he's seen so much destruction and now he has a moment to rebuild but i feel like that is us filling in gaps (laughs) and not like the intent of the writers does that make sense maybe but i do think that it is there Mm -hmm. i think the interpretation is there even if it's not explicitly written on this on the page mm-hmm. but yeah specific oh god the, the moment where he's just laying in the doctor is a fucking great moment yeah at the end of the massacre yeah at the end yeah. of the massacre otherwise yeah i'd probably agree with you. that's probably my favorite moment backup not necessarily anything to do with steven but the moment when the chick from the dalek master plan sarah? just fucking yeah sarah just turns the dust in his hands <laughs> like he, he, even in the way like Peter Purvis is like describing in a narration. It is just so metal as fuck, and like you can feel the despair. Yeah, that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 frankly, might be my favorite moment of the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Man, the way the Dalek Message plan ends almost justifies the bullshit four episodes <laughs> leading up to it. <laughs> Final thoughts on the savages. Um, I'd said at the beginning that I was kind of like meh on this. Ending-wise, it's one of my favorite endings for the companions and like their end of their arcs. But after kind of thinking about it and talking about it, I think this is dropping down farther. So it's still middle grade for the audio dramas, but lower because of the poor world building. Mm. And it just it doesn't seem like a fully fleshed out episode. Yeah, that's um, that's one hundred percent fair. In the sense of like the like the upper people aren't even called the elders like the elders are supposed to be their leaders yeah that's, um, that's true but they, who are the people called yeah we have no idea what's the name of the city we what don't know. planet are we on we don't know yeah like you go onto the tardis wiki and because i was wondering i was like is this earth i can't tell so i went onto the tardis wiki and under the setting it said unknown planet <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah so i think the lack of world building and just that kind of lazy morality of it kind of like the galaxy 4 moral lesson mm-hmm. and i just didn't appreciate all that much but it gets points for violence and like a pseudo in character departure yeah i think there are a lot of good things about this story it it feels like it wanted to say a lot of profound things about like racism and the upper class taking advantage of the lower class it just didn't did it. And there were moments near the beginning, like, just how much they were pushing how perfect the city is, and uh, Nanina's very uncomfortable time in the lab, that made me genuinely unnerved, and anytime I'm watching a classic Who episode, and I am and I have, like, a strong emotional reaction, I'm like, okay, that's a couple points in its favor. Steven's exit was sudden, but it was in character, unlike some other Mythmaker episodes I could mention. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me... It's almost smack dab in the middle of my ranking list. It's slightly above, but um, 
in the middle area is kind of where I put all the episodes that have a lot of good ideas that they didn't actually execute on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the Time Meddler and the Celestial Toymaker. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast networks. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do right now is give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at QuickTripDW. And if you want to follow me and Mac specifically, you can follow me at CLB underscore Clark. And you can follow Mac at MacTheMeth. Also, be sure to check out Mac's YouTube channel where you can get some insightful and funny video essays about video games. And join us next time on A Quick Trip Through Space and Time in which we watch the final episode of Season 3 and maybe have a new shakeup in the TARDIS crew in The War Machines. I guess, oh man, <laughs> I'll have to send it off with me. I'm gonna have to spitball it. Uh, I can pull it up if you want, uh, or, or you can spit, or you can spitball it. Let me try and spitball it. All right, go ahead, spit. <laughs> <laughs>